Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated to helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. In today's show, we're going to be taking the topic of two very important foundations of vision improvement from our guidebook, A Modern Day Guide to Improving Eyesight. And those principles are the blinking more and moving your eyes more. And later in the show, we're going to be answering a question from a young man who is in school and wants to know when he should be wearing his glasses and when can he not wear his glasses. Uh, And the issue is he can't read the board without his glasses. So Richard, how is the world of self-healing treating you this week? Well, uh, my work really dominated my world of self-healing this week. And uh, because, uh, as you know, we've we've been developing a uh, webinar uh, based on the e-book, Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight. Uh, We've created a lecture series of that. And the first first lecture is on blinking and eye movement. So I've been spending my time blinking a lot. I've been uh, out on my deck... Uh, blinking at the clouds in an exercise called skying. And I spent some time blinking a lot walking down the street. I'm sure I look a little crazy. (laughs) But the best part is is people don't approach you. No, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, and the interesting thing I discovered was as I blinked more, I felt uh, more receptive to the world around me. I felt it was an interesting sensation of I could feel like I could walk with my shoulders a little further back. And with my head a little further back, because I normally, because of my eyesight, sort of lean forward into the world, trying to see it. Did you feel a little bit more relaxed as you were doing? Very it much well? more relaxed. Yeah, and allowed the allowed the vision to come to my eyes as opposed to going after what I was looking at. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, I guess a, a lot of people that maybe just wear glasses don't pick up on as on it as much that they do that. Uh, but certainly, those that have conditions. Uh, I think we'll definitely know what you're talking about as far as trying to force the image into your eye instead of just seeing what's in front of you. And I wasn't looking down so much either. Somehow Uh the blinking allowed me to look more forward and be receptive, put the shoulders back. It was a very nice feeling. So, yeah, that's uh, been Uh, my main Maybe not if you're you're crossing the road. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look out for the cars first. Yeah. Um, But if it's a... A nice safe area to do so, then uh, yeah, that blinking sounds nice. Yeah. And uh, any observations at all with your presbyopia? Uh, just I need to do the exercises more. Okay. That's been my observation. It's it's hard sometimes to fit the exercises indoor, and and we and I, yeah. you and I are very busy trying to trying to get those exercises out into the world. So sometimes it's hard to do them ourselves. So. Yeah. So how was your week? Yeah, very good. Very similar to to yours in the sense that I was uh, very busy. Um, but I still managed to. The, the way I'm doing my eye exercises now is um, I've got a bit of a bet with myself mm. and, or a deal. And the deal is, is that I have an hour a day um, that I will do my specific peripheral vision exercises that I do for my condition RP. Now, as we all know, um, life takes over and sometimes you might miss a day here or there. So what I've noticed is that I start missing more and more days and then I end up in this sort of downward spiral of just not doing the exercises. Mm. And then I say, oh, next week I'll do the exercises. And then months go by. 
So anyway, so the deal that I have now is that if I don't do that hour of exercises, say on the Monday, I have to do two hours on the Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so it means um, that it, actually I sort of bully myself into doing the uh, yeah. exercises. Not that I don't enjoy doing them because um, my eyes feel great when I do do them. But the, you know, if I think to myself, well, if I don't do them today, then I've got to do two hours tomorrow. Oh my goodness! And it's amazing, really, how you find um, in the evening time where you think, oh, I can't be bothered. It's been a long day. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Gonna watch a bit of TV. Uh, you're inside my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a pretty small place to be in. Yeah. <laughs> Help! Let me out. Um, but uh, you know, certainly when you're, you know, you're in that state and you think to yourself, do you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do an hour of eye exercises because I'm not going to do, you know, twice as much the next day. And you'll be surprised actually. And it's, it's sort of nice that you know that if you don't do your exercises, it's because you really didn't have time to do your exercises, uh, as opposed to oh, I was just a little bit lazy or yeah, something like that. Or a lot. Um, but as far as noticing improvements uh, with my periphery. Again, I'm still playing with the increased clarity in the outer periphery. And I've also noticed this week that I've been using my left eye more. Hmm. Um, and those of you that don't know, my left eye is the one um, that has cataracts and a pseudomacular hole in it that I got from a boxing incident when I used to coach boxing um, six or seven years ago. So um, one of my concerns is because I've got uh, one eye uh, that sees really well and one eye that has the cataracts and the pseudomacular hole that I'm really under using my left and um, I need to be using it more so I was pleased this week to to feel and to know that I've been using my left eye a little bit more so oh, great, great pleased about that so I think it's time to move on to our topic of the week the topic of the week this week is going to be uh, two actually uh, which is blinking and eye movements now the reason why we've chosen these topics is uh, Richard and I have uh, started a new online lecture series based on our free ebook a modern day guide for improving eyesight and I think the title lecture series is going to be called um, a modern day lecture for improving eyesight, you know, yeah, pretty we're very good creative, yeah. <laughs> um, it fits the profile. And uh, we've literally just uh, come off air now, and uh, we had a, had a great show, and um, we thank everybody that attended. Uh, everyone was very well behaved and uh, did the exercises with us, which um, sometimes people are a little bit unsure about at first when yeah. they're uh, taping bits of uh, paper to their face and... Uh, you know, running on the spot, throwing a tennis ball round with a piece of paper strapped to their face. But uh, they did very well. So, but what we want to do over these next uh, six weeks is to be able to give you an insight and uh, talk a little bit about those exercises that we're covering and give you a little bit of information uh, that the people on our course are getting as well. So you can follow a lot of the basis of this information on uh, in the ebook or free ebook that you can download from our website at envisionselfhealing.com and uh, you can follow along a little bit there it's we've got it written out and um, so the first topic then is blinking and uh, Richard you want to talk a bit more about why blinking would be part one of the main foundations for improving eyesight 
Well, um, blinking is a very natural thing, obviously. And uh, the normal rate for blinking is about 20 times a minute. Um, and in our modern life, we've moved away from that. We've moved towards uh, staring at computer screens, reading books. And as a way of concentrating on the information, we stop blinking, or blink very little anyway. And this can lead to uh, dry eyes, uh, eye strain. Um, the other issue is that the, when you blink, you're coating the cornea with um, tear film, which smooths out any imperfections in the cornea. So you're, by not blinking, you're actually creating a, uh, an error of refraction. You're creating a, a you're you're bending the light improperly, and so you're actually going to literally start seeing worse without tear film on your eyes. So why would it be then? Um, in what situation do you think that those of you that are familiar with the book, we talk about Caveman Dave. He is our uh, he's our main one of our main characters who who has perfect eyesight. And um, why would it be that Caveman Dave uh, would be blinking well? What what is he doing that gives him a good blinking rate? Well, he's not he's not focusing on something eight hours a day. Not focusing on something straight in front of him for eight hours a day, uh, or and at close distances. He's moving his eyes around. He's uh, moving in and out of different light conditions. Mm. So. He's blinking and is in response to the sun and um, moving in and out of darkness. And basically, he's not trying to concentrate for the, the amount of time that we, we concentrate in our modern life. So what we're saying there then is, is in our modern day lives that when you're concentrating on something, uh, say like the computer screen, or if you're playing this on your iPod at, at home and you're looking at the information, then you're concentrated on what it's saying. And what that means is, is that your eye isn't blinking as much. And as a rough guide, the average person, as Richard already said, blinks around 20 times a minute. Uh, but the average modern day person really only blinks half of that between 10 and 15 times a minute. And then if you're on the computer or you're reading the book or you're concentrating or something, it's halved again, so we're really only blinking about five times a minute. Now, that might not be so bad if you're just glancing at your phone or you're just checking an email, but a lot of us, just like Richard and I, we're really spending eight, eight nine hours a day on the computer. Uh, a lot of our clients even spend up to 10 or 15 hours a day because even if you're not working, if you're on uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything, and uh, you know you're checking out the Envision self-healing fan page, as I'm sure you will do, you're still concentrating on the text. You're still reading. So we're not necessarily saying stress here. We're saying concentration, and that's because you're you know you're engaged in what you're doing. It makes sense to not blink because you're trying to focus on the task that is in hand. And also notice that you tend to switch off from the world around you and you become very engaged in what you're doing. And Caveman Dave had other things he had to deal with. He had to catch food, he had to get climb trees, things like that, that weren't concentrating on information. He might have been a stupider guy, but his eyes were <laughs> much better. I don't know, I, I never met him myself, so I can't, uh, I can't judge. Well, at least he had less information to, to go around maybe. To deal with, yeah. yeah, yeah. But one thing I am pretty sure that is if a lion uh, jumped out in front of Caveman Dave, that he would not blink. 
and that is because of part of the fight or flight response. Now, if you think you're in immediate danger, a lion jumps out in front of you and you start blinking, then I think you're going to miss those few vital seconds and within, and you'll probably end up be missing a few vital organs by the end of it. So it's a stress response as well. So whereas before I said that just concentrating means you're not blinking, if you're stressed or in a stressed environment, then your blink rate also decreases because again, you're under, uh, you know, you're under a lot of stress and you're trying to get a task done and you know, you can't be dealing with blinking because you're trying to concentrate on getting a job done at hand. And on a very serious note, we've seen some uh, clients come, we live near Silicon Valley, and we've seen some clients who are under a lot of stress, given the economy right now, to do their job well or they're, you know, they may be laid off. And they're working on computers all day long, and, and they often hardly blink at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little scary. And a lot of you now will find that if you were to do some blinking, that, um, that it's, it's a forced blink. It's like you have to make yourself blink, like, a, like closing a, a door that's got tight hinges. And it really needs to be uh, the opposite. It should be a nice, soft, slow, relaxed blink. And it should be a natural blink. For the first few months when you try and retrain yourself to blink, it's kind of sad, really, to think that we have to retrain ourselves to blink. Yeah. It's such a, a basic function, the same as learning to breathe, I guess. Um, but when you first start doing it, you'll be able to feel that it's it's almost a challenge to have that, that blink and for it to be a smooth blink and you're having to control it. Now, eventually, it will become very natural and it will become a softer blinking process. And that's exactly what we're aiming for here. And that's when you'll really start noticing um, that your eyes will feel a lot less strained and things like eye strain and dry eyes are going to be reduced. Yeah. Because um, if you think about it, if blinking is what lubricates the eye and you're not blinking, then you're going to get dry eyes. Well, it also nourishes the, the cornea a lot of... Exactly. It so protects it from infection as well. So, And if you ever have time, and I'm sure you can spare a few 10 minutes to research actually what the... Uh, what the liquid does for the eye, then it's it's really amazing the amount of functions that it does uh, in you know to, to help us and to help our vision, and it's amazing that you know we really don't do uh, as much blinking as we should, and instead we just uh, head out to the shops and buy some fake tears right. instead instead of having our own. I don't know what point we got to where we had to buy someone else's tears, and we all accept that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly normal. Uh, but yeah. Please, uh, please try and use your own tears instead of someone else's. Yeah, um, especially if they didn't give you permission. So the second area that we're going to be looking at is a movement of the eyes, and that involves the extraocular muscles, the, the six muscles that um, attach to the outside of the eyeball. That's extraocular. Um, four, one, four of them being above, below. And to each side, and two of them being uh, attached to the sides for a rotation of the eyeball. Um, they're called the obliques. Those two are called the obliques. And um, a very important muscle for our modern life is the interior ones near the nose um, that draw the eyes together to read something. Those are the muscles that um, unfortunately get overused in our modern life um, because we're constantly focusing on a close 
object, namely type or something on a computer screen, uh, or vi video now, I suppose, and um, we're constantly contracting those muscles inside the eye to focus the two eyes on one thing. And what do you think uh, Caveman Dave would be doing with his extraocular muscles? Well, Caveman Dave would have uh, lions off to his right and zebras off to his left. Yeah. So he would be darting his eyes to see where the lion was coming from and darting to the left to see where the zebras were going. Yeah. And uh, or, or or glancing up to see what the sky is, you know, what the clouds are doing. Or yeah. You know, he's he's constantly moving his eyes in all different directions. So it's, it's almost like an eye gym. He's getting a good uh, constant workout with his eyes. And even things I would imagine with uh, things flying by him, um, you know, like uh, butterflies and birds and stuff, it's you're, you're tracking an object and watching it go past right. you. Right. Yeah, that's another skill we've sort of lost is the ability to smoothly follow an object uh, with our eyes, which are using those extraocular muscles. Mm -hmm. If we're always focused in one plane in one direction, we lose the smooth uh, focusing, well, um, the fine motor skills of using those muscles. Tracking. Yeah. And uh, those of you that have ever read um, or know about Dr. Bates, he feels that the eyeball can change shape. Right. right? And yeah. that the extraocular muscles are pulling on the eye, um, causing it to be an unnatural shape. Yes. And there's been a lot of debate on that, and Will and I are still sort of... Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're sitting on a very large fence. <laughs> we're sitting on a large <laughs> fence. But at least we're on the fence looking down at people so, instead of being stuck. Certainly there's no harm in, in making those extraocular muscles more toned and more relaxed and stretched. And if the eyeball changes shape, that would be great. Yeah. And think about it with anything. Um, I don't know if you remember when you were as a, a child, or maybe this is just me with my warped childhood... If you had uh, one kid pulling on your left arm and one kid pulling on your right arm, and they're both pulling you in two directions, there's a, obviously you in the middle, there's a, a tussle going on and there's a bit of a strain. Now imagine if you've got six of these extraocular muscles and either they're all tight, pulling on the eye, creating strain, or maybe you've got one muscle that is tighter than all the rest, trying to pull it in one direction. So. As uh, those of you that have brothers and sisters, if the if the bigger older brother was pulling on one side and uh, the younger brother or sister was pulling on the other side of your arm, then generally the bigger brother would win. So this is what's going on with the inside, uh, the, the nasal extraocular muscle inside of the uh, eye, because we're always looking about a foot or two in front of us or we're reading and it's causing those uh, inner extraocular muscles to be used all the time and what happens is it becomes stiff and inflexible and so it means that we uh, lose that function a little bit more and it also creates a strain on the, on the other extraocular muscles so there's a few reasons why we want to keep it nice and, uh, nice and free and relaxed there in the muscles and don't forget they're a muscle just like any other muscle. If you only ever used one leg or, you know, if you ever use uh, your bicep and never used your tricep, then, you know, there's an imbalance there. So remember, we're always trying to create balance within the eye. Right. So if you want to look at some exercises that address these, go to our website and um, you can go to the exercise tab 
And uh, for the extraocular muscles, we have an, uh, an eye rotation exercise. Mm -hmm. Very good video, actually, of Richard uh, oh, right. be, being an eye model. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of scary. <laughs> and then we have a blinking exercise as well. Yeah, so you can uh, you can go on there, and obviously on our on our course, we guide you through the eye exercises ourselves. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult to do here. So uh, yeah, certainly head over to the exercise tab at envisionselfhealing.com and uh, you can find they're all written up there in detail and I think they've even got some videos we do. Um, for you to watch which is great yeah. so I think it's about time that we move on to question of the week so the question of the week this week actually came through our website and it reads as follows when should I wear my glasses I'm only 15 and I go to school. When I'm at school and I don't wear my glasses, then I can't see the board. Should I wear them during studies at home or when I'm just writing and reading? So we can sort of uh, summarize that really and just, and just sort of bring it down to when should I and when should I not wear my glasses. Right, well the, the background issue of this is at 15, uh, this young man's eyes are still flexible and changing. So it is a good time to not wear his glasses as much as possible so that his, uh, I assume he has myopia, Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so his myopia, his nearsightedness doesn't get worse and worse by the time he's 20. So it's, it's a very practical matter of like wear them when you absolutely need to wear them and don't wear them when you absolutely don't need to wear them. Um, so as a basic guideline, we, we say, you know, if, if it's a ha hazardous or dangerous environment like uh, driving, which this guy probably doesn't have that problem, maybe riding his bike. Um, yes, definitely riding his bike. Then um, can you drive at 15 in America? Some states. Uh, maybe 16, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so you... You only really want to wear them in sort of hazardous situations, be it driving or, you know, if you're operating heavy machinery or something. Um, and the idea is to not wear your glasses when you're in a, in a comfortable surrounding um, or when you really don't need to wear them. And to begin with, a lot of it is habit. Right. I, I know I used to just, I, they, I used to take my glasses off when I'm in a bed and put them on my, my nightside stand. And then as soon as I wake up in the morning, I wouldn't even look to see whether I even needed my glasses. I would just put my glasses straight on again. And a lot of it is when you get used to wearing glasses, then it becomes sort of psychologically uncomfortable to see the blur again when you take them yeah. off. And that's just something you just have to get used to, you get used to over time of doing it. Um, Certainly after a couple of weeks of reducing your glasses use, you should notice... Um, an improvement with that uh, blur and your ability to be able to function with that blur. Right, and then a lot of times what we've heard is people have the blur and then they get used to the blur, then their vision starts improving a little bit and then they actually, there are moments when they think they have their glasses on and they really don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and people really can't believe, I mean this week we've had, uh, we've had quite a few clients that have been like this, that they've wear, worn their glasses their whole life. And when they come to us, we, make, you know, we ask them to not wear their glasses as much as possible. 
and uh, a lot of them say they just can't believe that they you know that they're not wearing their glasses during the day it's like a surprise to them so but to be more uh, specific to our email um, he asked about the board now this is obviously (laughs) difficult um, especially with kids um, and with Lee you know you're spending a lot of time in the classroom your eyes are getting tired um, horrible inside halogen lights you know it's really not the best environment for uh, seeing we would certainly um, either suggest a reduce in prescription right if he could find an op- if his parents could find an optometrist optician who would reduce his prescription so that um, when he was being tested he saw 2040 instead of 2020 or uh, I'm not sure the European standard is 66 versus yeah, I mean, or, or just a, a half a diopter or, you know, just ask yeah. to, to ask for a step down in the glasses um, so that he's still able to see the board. Right. But it's not, um, you know, as crystal clear uh, as it might be before. And maybe take the initiative to go further forward in the class and yeah. be in the front row and take, you know. Certainly anyone with uh, conditions should be sitting in the front row. And that could be difficult uh, with kids um, or with young adults because, you know, it's embarrassing and what have you right. and, and sitting in the front. But it's something that if you're serious about improving your vision, then you're just going to have to accept that, you know, in a few years' time, you know, you would have left the classroom and you're never going to see these people again. Uh, but you will be left with your vision. And the other tip, which we would apply to adults too, is just have the glasses on the desk. And then when you need to put them on, you put them on. And when you can take them off, you take them take off. Them off. Um, Which is another reason why we recommend glasses over contact lenses, because it's correct. a lot easier to take them off. Yeah. So another thing you could do, other than sitting closer to the board and getting reduced prescription, is to try something called pinhole glasses. And you can find those in the, re, uh, in the resources page on our website. If you just go to the homepage, envisionselffeeling.com, and in the top corner there, uh, in the resources bar, you will find um, some plastic glasses. They look like sunglasses, but in fact, they have pinholes in them. And what they do is they force the image um, to focus right on the fovea, on the macula, on the detailed part of the eye, and it makes the image clearer. So certainly that's something uh, that you should be trying. Yeah, the pinholes make up maybe a diopter or something maybe even more actually they yeah. almost reproduce the, the effect of glasses so we would you know we, we tend to rec- recommend people that you have your natural eyesight first um, if you're struggling a bit with your natural eyesight then you move to the pinhole glasses if you're struggling with the pinholes then you move over to your uh, lower prescription uh, glasses and then a last push, you know, if you're driving or if it's an unsafe situation or it's, you know, it's where you should be wearing your glasses, then you have your full prescription glasses. Well, and if you're doing the eye exercises that uh, are on our website, your vision will get better and then you won't need them as much. So. As you go, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's sort of the idea that as you're, as you're doing this, it's not a case of just stop wearing your glasses and, hey, presto, you've got better vision. It certainly helps. But you must be doing the exercises as part of it as well, because that's that's where the improvement starts to come in as you do the exercises as you go. Somebody that is doing, you know, a couple of minutes of eye exercises once a week and gets frustrated that their eyesight isn't improving, 
then you might have to rethink again right. on how you're uh, tackling your vision problem as far as that is concerned. So uh, lots of good tips there then on, uh, on, on how you can help overcome uh, your glasses and certainly in a, in a classroom environment. But one thing that's important to remember is to not strain. Right. And say you're not wearing your glasses and you're trying to see the board and you're squinting and you're straining your neck and you're putting a lot of pressure in your eyes and neck, then you're better off wearing your glasses. That's where a reduced prescription would be a better solution. Yeah. So it's very important to bear that in mind. You're not straining with your eyes. We would prefer you to wear your glasses than to not wear them and strain um, because you're just going to make matters worse doing that. Um, so certainly uh, think about that and try and catch yourself and uh, any more questions uh, relating this matter feel free to wing us an email or comment on the bottom of this blog and uh, also one thing that we're finding people are liking to do at the moment is uh, if you head over to our Facebook fan page and like our fan page then you get access to our wall and you can ask us a direct question on our wall which is great and it also helps other people out because a lot of people have similar questions. So uh, you could also go there and find other questions that we've answered. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's podcast at EnvisionSelfHealing.com. We've, uh, we've been lecturing now for the last uh, few hours, so, uh, <laughs> so we're going to go do some palming and, uh, and rest for the rest of the evening. So as I've already said, feel free to uh, give us an email and comment on... Uh, any questions that you might have and uh, head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com and you can download your free copy of a modern day guide to improving eyesight over there on our website and that will help give you a little bit more background on information on what we're discussing here and next week we're going to be uh, discussing again the next couple of topics within that book so you can read ahead and be one step ahead of us on that and our aim here is to be looking at laying the foundations for improving eyesight and uh, really giving you guys a basic understanding on how to improve your vision and how to take it a step forward. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And happy healing.